0: Well, hello everybody, Uh, this is Friday Lives, and we are going to be talking to content creators about their reasons uh, why they started to live streaming and um, any interesting stories from their live streaming journey. My guest today is AJ Wilcox. He is LinkedIn ads expert, host of the LinkedIn ads show, and founder of b2linked.com. All right, AJ, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Adam. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Awesome. I'm, I'm so excited too. Well, tell me tell me and our audience a little bit about you. Uh, tell us what you do, and um, just kind of introduce yourself and share a little bit about um, what connects you to live streaming um, in general.
1: Great. Well, I, I'm a digital marketer. I've been doing digital marketing for about the last 13 years, but about uh, eight years ago, I stumbled onto LinkedIn's advertising platform. Ended up having a lot of success scaling that to become LinkedIn's largest spending account worldwide. And after running their largest advertising account for two and a half years, I decided, oh, there's probably more companies than just this one who need help with LinkedIn advertising. So I started my own little ad agency. And we are very much one trick ponies. We're an ad agency that literally LinkedIn ads is all we do. And the whole reason that that I live stream is because I do a lot of speaking from stage, a lot of podcast interviews, a lot of I run my own podcast, like you mentioned. And so the need for an entrepreneur and and for a thought leader to get their content out, oh, live streaming is just, it's the perfect analogy to it.
0: Awesome, well, thank you so much. That's great. So let's go back uh, to the days when you first started streaming. That first time when you were like, okay, so there's such thing as live content, maybe I should try that. Let me turn this on and see what happens. Uh, When was that? Where were you? What was going on at that time in your life?
1: So this was just right when LinkedIn very first released their live product, because before then I had been a guest on people's live streams, but never done one of my own. And of course, as you know, Anya, it's a very different animal when you very first, when you're a guest on someone else's, they've figured out all the technical challenges and bugs and you just show up and and you talk. But when you're doing it for yourself, oh boy, you have to learn everything the hard way. And as soon as LinkedIn released their LinkedIn live, that's when I went, okay, I, I do a lot with LinkedIn. This is probably my opportunity to learn this. And so a friend and I, uh, both got access to LinkedIn live the same week. And so we decided to get together and we blocked out the entire afternoon. It was like five hours of just, just time. So we could set things up, learn it, and then go live and, uh, and kind of chat. And what was so funny is at the time, I mean, this was before Restream uh, was one of the of the few LinkedIn partners. At the time, the only partners that you had that could use LinkedIn's live streaming uh, only worked with iOS devices, and both of us are Android users. <laughs> so we we spent hours trying to figure out how do we do this with our phones. We finally found a service that was like we we bought a ninety dollar a month trial to be able to use it. We we both stacked our our laptops right next to each other with our webcams facing us because we couldn't use our mobile devices. We ended up burning the entire afternoon on just technology issues and said, all right, now that everything's set up, let's actually go live tomorrow. So we had to reschedule and and try it again the next day. It was terrible. I wouldn't wish that experience on anyone, but we learned a lot about the, the software and the technology that actually drives live.
0: Awesome, that's that's a wonderful story. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that you don't wish that on anyone. I honestly, so I had my own epic fail stories from first live streaming experiences, both for, from gaming world and also now with LinkedIn Live. This is my actually first show ever. So please be patient with me, everybody. Hopefully you can see us and hear us because it's just um, kind of um, a wonderland for me a little bit. So uh, I think Partly, I kind of wish people had that experience because um, because when you when you go through this moment of oh my gosh nothing works nothing is the way I expected I think it kind of makes you better streamer in the future. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I think the first time you go live, you make a lot of mistakes, and all of those mistakes you have to learn. So I think it's better to learn all at once and just crash one live stream, uh, then have a problem every single time you go live for the next like six. <laughs> uh, uh. I, I agree. I, I do think we all need to learn, but hopefully luck and technology choices are, are more on your side. Uh, if you're using live stream, which you or sorry, if you're using re-stream for your live streaming, uh, like you probably do, if you're watching this right now, then you'll have a lot fewer of the, the problems than we had.
0: Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. That's that's very nice of you to say. So you shared kind of your start, like how you were starting off as live streaming and what things were going on. Obviously, wonderful fails that made you stronger and better streamer. So fast forward to today. Uh, what is How does your live streaming journey look today? Like what is your application for live streaming? You mentioned there's a live show. Maybe there's something else that you can share of how you're using streaming in order to support your personal professional goals.
1: Yeah, I see a lot of people going live on different uh, platforms. And what I've been trying to find out is, you know, because I concentrate just on LinkedIn as as a social network, how can I take what other people have perfected on other platforms and bring it to LinkedIn? And I think I decided the best way to do this is with episodic content. If you just go live on LinkedIn, the only people who are going to know about it and see it are the ones who happen to be logged in right at that moment or those that LinkedIn pushes a push notification to. So you won't see very many people joining your live stream and it, it feels kind of like shouting into a, a dark room with no one in it. Yeah. But just this last week, LinkedIn released LinkedIn events. And now, as you know, Anya, the, uh, um, a live stream can be attached to an event. So now you can put it for a certain date in the future. You can promote the event and get people to want to follow it. You can actually invite people to do it. And then when it goes live, your LinkedIn live can, can join it. So with that being said, I think what I want to start doing is, is an episodic content, same time uh, every week where people can expect it. They can sign up to be notified and then uh, we'll gain viewership over time. I think that's probably the best usage. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the way I would suggest, uh, awesome. at least for LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned knowing how to live stream on other platforms is very helpful for your LinkedIn live um, efforts, right? Like whatever you do on LinkedIn is going to be applicable to what you've done on other platforms. Do you do you feel that there's any kind of harm into like, oh, I'm a Twitch streamer, for example, or I'm a YouTuber. I know everything about that. And now this LinkedIn is completely different creature for me. Do you think there's any kind of... Um, benefit from just starting fresh? Like, Oh, Hey, this LinkedIn is my first thing. Um, or is it still beneficial to have some experience with other platforms?
1: Ooh, I think it's really beneficial to have experience with the other platforms. Um, I think it's also really beneficial to go and join the live streams of people who are brand new to live streaming because they Mm -hmm. will make so many mistakes and you'll (laughs) watch and go, Ooh, good. I don't want to do that. One of the, the big things. This is a mistake I've never made because I've, I've I was so annoyed as a viewer when I saw other people do this. Was the whole I'm gonna go live and oh wow only two or three people are here. I'm gonna, just gonna make stuff up and talk so people have a chance to join. And yeah. I watched this on Facebook quite a bit. And, and you know you you realize that so many of the views happen from the replay. And if someone goes to replay your live and you're just messing around for four minutes because you you want to wait for people to join. Oh, it's, it's a bad experience and they'll drop out. So what I've decided to do is every time when I get in, I just immediately get to the point and start dropping knowledge. And you do that at the expense of the people who are, who are joining in as they see it. But certainly the replays are going to be a lot stronger.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um I actually had a couple of interviews this week with uh, with other hosts and they were mentioning that yeah, one of the bad things about live streaming that they're seeing is that a lot of times you experience if you're joining at the very first moment, regardless of how many people are going to show up eventually, is oh hey, oh, can you hear me? Is is this, is everything okay? Can you see me? Oh hey Joe, Joe is here. Like that kind of stuff. And uh, well, it's fascinating and hilarious for Joe and for, for you, kind of like making sure that things are good, but I do believe that it is a little bit of a sign that you don't know what you're doing, which, you know, I'm checking in here, like not necessarily a pro live streamer expert, but still, I think it is important to start uh, bringing value and treat this piece of content as something that is going to be potentially watch later and not only people who are here interacting with you, but also people who didn't see the start or maybe want to see it from the start to finish because everybody is going to experience this content differently. Speaking of which, so one, one other question that I had for you is, I guess it is very difficult to start your stream, right? Like it's very difficult to do that first live, And especially when you show up and you don't really see any people, you don't see any messages in chat and you're kind of like, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of along here. What advice would you what would you recommend to people who are experiencing something like that? And of course, it affects their self esteem. Of course, that affects like the whole concept of live streaming. Oh, this isn't my thing, right? Like I'd rather do and edit something in, and that's going to be perfect. What would be your recommendation for those who are kind of a little bit uh, scared of what the beauty of live streaming can bring into into the equation?
1: Well, certainly, the people who are watching you on a live stream is proportional to the the number of people who follow you that you're connected to. Uh, And the size of your brand. So if you're just barely getting started, set that expectation for yourself that, wow, if I have 500 people who follow my channel, I'm only going to get a few people showing up right now. And that's okay. I need to set a precedent of recording good content. This is also your excuse to say, I'm okay with the first one, two, or three, even being bad and making some mistakes. Because then I know that by the time viewership actually starts to happen, people looking forward to my content all have ironed out all the wrinkles. So don't be too hard on yourself. Realize that, yeah, there are going to be mistakes and you will have to to ramp your viewership up. So just expect it so it doesn't dash your feelings because everyone's got to start somewhere.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. And I'm seeing quite a bit of comments here coming from LinkedIn, from Facebook, from um from YouTube as well. We are going to uh pick some questions and also pick some comments to kind of elaborate on in in just a little bit. But first I guess I have one last question for you, AJ. So before we started the show, we kind of talked a little bit um about your your live streaming. And uh you mentioned that at some point you lived in Ukraine, right? So restream yes. founders both are from Ukraine. I was born and raised in Russia. I grew up in Moscow. So I'm super curious what brought you to Ukraine? What were you doing there and how was it?
1: Yes, yeah, so I actually served a religious mission there, and so for oh. two years, I I moved from the state of Arizona in the U.S. Um, and I moved to Ukraine and just had to learn Russian so I could speak to people. And of course, the goal at that point was was talking to people about about God. Um, yeah. But you know, in the course of that, I got to speak. Well, it's been like 15 years since I've been back, so my Russian's terrible. But I got to learn Russian, and it's a beautiful language that I absolutely adore.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh, that's very interesting. You see, like I, I really love how your uh, your background is so different, how it evolved from from religious mission to advertising, right? That's that's beautiful. And I see quite a bit of those stories among live streamers that a lot of times people go live um, for unexpected reasons, right? Some, some things seem obvious and some things are like, oh, well, this is new. This is very different approach to, to live altogether. So, yeah, so that's great. Thank you so much. So I am going to take a couple of comments from here. From, from different um, and you won't really see them when I display them so I'm gonna read them um, out loud for you so we could kind of both participate and also our audience could could feel part of the team so uh, so there's a comment from Todd from LinkedIn um, can uh, can't you do a live stream seven days a week or, okay how about five days to start so that's a good question so is there any um, value um, in streaming daily is seven days a week a good number or is there any other good number so basically what is the what is a good ratio of when it's getting overwhelming for you and for your audience and when it's getting kind of like not enough? What What is your recommendation?
1: Yeah, so my, my recommendation is going to be very heavily uh, set towards LinkedIn. Personally, I have friends who go live daily and I have friends who go live weekly. And I catch myself when I see them come up going, oh, another one from so-and-so. <laughs> and even if they're a good friend, I kind of discount it like, oh, if you go live that much, maybe you don't actually have that much value. So that might just be my own prejudices. But personally, I think that to start out with, you don't want to ever come across as overwhelming the audience to where they don't feel like they can keep up. So if you have a very active audience, sure, try weekly. If you don't have a super active audience yet because you're building that, I would say shoot for monthly or maybe just an ad hoc whenever it it uh there's a good experience or a good reason to go live and you'll build up that credibility in people who go, Ooh, AJ's live again. Um, I have to go and check this out rather than overwhelming them to the point where they say, Oh, AJ's live again. I didn't watch his last three. I'm not even going to tune in today either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear you. Like I would have a very hard time, even even if I'm genuinely interested in content and in person, I think they're doing uh, amazing job. I would still have a hard time just finding physically finding time to join seven days a week serious right that's that's very time consuming so i i do like my lives are going to be weekly so it's going to be once a week and it's going to be 40 minutes uh very kind of like short tune-in story story sharing chatting about lives in in both senses right lives and, as live streaming and lives as living having this great experience but yeah i can i can I agree with you that it, it really depends on the audience and what, what you have to say and what the community is expecting um, of you. Here's another one. Uh, this is from Facebook, and um, Chantal is saying to build real audience and to be an authentic. Uh, it's really not a problem to test if they hear you. Um, if you if you treat it as a TV show, um, that's the biggest mistake uh, to make on. That's the biggest mistake to make on social. So, so what do you make of that, AJ? Uh, this is an interesting. Um, this is an interesting kind of look at that. Like, so the beauty of life is in this authenticity, right? The beauty of it is that we don't have a second chance. And if I messed up, if I mispronounced words, like like I did right now, uh, you actually uh, you don't have the replay. You don't have the opportunity to edit it out. So maybe there is something into it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I actually really agree. Early on, when uh, live streaming was a thing on Facebook. Um, I got to watch a few of the live streams from good friends and people I really respected. And one of the biggest mistakes I saw from them early on was, wow, they really are. They're treating this like a TV show. And there just is, I mean, the amount of work and production that goes into a TV show to make sure that every cut is perfect and that there is no waste and, uh, that they've scripted it. All of that is work that you just can't do with your live production. And if you try, it's going to look like you're trying too hard. Uh, I think the reason why you'd want to join a lot—it's the same reason why podcasts from from major personalities don't do as well as the podcasts from uh, I would say amateurs—is because if you see a giant TV personality, and this is just one more way to hear their voice, there's no reason to tune in. But when someone has a unique viewpoint or uh, or a unique value to you, and this is the only way that you get to hear them, uh, then you will. And their, their podcast blows up. I think it's the same thing with live streaming. Be something different than anyone could get from YouTube, actual videos, um, or from TV. Be something different and stand out. And that authenticity really should help uh, you gain this viewership and, and this trust from your audience.
0: Awesome, yeah, yeah, I agree. There are a couple of comments here that are kind of very stream related. I'm just gonna very quickly cover them um, because I just wanna make sure that people understand. David is asking, how does Restream put the chat on the screen like that? So this is Restream Studio. I'm using the new uh, way to use Restream to stream directly from your browser. Uh, You can find it at restream.io slash studio. And that is the opportunity for you to invite guests, to create some overlays, backgrounds, some logos. And we also have the opportunity to take the chats that are coming, we're aggregating them from all different platforms, and I can pick the ones that I want, and I can place them on screen so everyone can kind of understand what we're talking about, regardless of which platform they are watching us on. So this is how I do that. And there's another one about restreaming to Instagram, I hear you need an upgrade in order to restream to Instagram asks rob rob you actually don't we actually are do not have a direct integration with instagram the reason for that is the policy that instagram has uh in terms of third-party applications they really want you to go live only from your phone directly from their application however there is uh, a third-party company i believe it's called yellow duck that, uh, that is integrated with restream and you can go to instagram through them so basically restream to Yellow Duck, to Instagram, and restream to other platforms uh, natively, so that's how you could do it. We are not streaming this to Instagram, this is just Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn today. So there is another inst- interesting comment here that is um, kind of in tune with what you uh, were telling earlier, AJ. So. Um, Anthony is saying, I'm new to restream and I love it. I'm streaming for my church services and it's easy to use. So I'm going to have a different episode and I will have somebody from church from faith-based organization community. And AJ, maybe you can hook me up <laughs> with somebody you know from your <laughs> previous uh, previous life. Um, uh, I would love to get somebody to share that experience in more detail, specifically how to use streaming and multi-streaming for churches and faith-based organizations. It's a very interesting topic. Uh, but I guess, uh, A.J., for you, the question would be, when you were um, were um, part of the community of uh, of the organization that tr- tr- you traveled to Ukraine for, did you hear about live streaming for church at all? Or was it a completely new thing back in the days and nobody did that, really?
1: Oh, you know, it, that was so long ago. I, th- I think it's probably been 16, 17 years um, since I served a mission for my church. And, you know, technology is so different today. But I'm so interested, especially by the whole COVID situation, because you know we've had like televised evangelist services and stuff. That's been a thing for a long time on TV. But it wasn't until COVID happened where people couldn't get together in a congregation that I, I think it forced a lot of people to start doing church service over live streaming. And yeah. I'm really interested. I want to tune in and, and hear whoever you bring on, uh, because that's really exciting to me. I mean, it's such a good use case for it right now. And I think it just helps the live streaming platforms, yourself included.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a very interesting use case and very unexpected, especially when you talk to people who are thinking about live streaming only in concept of marketing, advertising, social media professionals, or gaming. So those are the typical use cases that people can think about. Like, oh yeah, I know people stream games. Oh, I know people use uh, live to promote their products, to do things like podcasts and live shows, like media, social, and stuff like that. Uh, but then when you think about it, well, you know, there are fitness trainers who stream, especially now with coronavirus, right? There are churches who stream, there are doctors who stream because they want to share their knowledge and their expertise. And it's just the easiest and the fastest way to do it to, um, to reach the most number of people, right? So, yeah, so that's definitely, uh, interesting stuff. Another restream question (laughs) from YouTube, Jay asks, uh, are there any plans for restream mobile app? Not at the moment, but not that I know of. So mobile streaming is very uh, complex. It's quite quite an endeavor. So we're not quite working in that direction just yet. But um, that doesn't mean that we won't in the future. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for a great question. And there's a question from our head of product actually. Hi Alex, by the way, thanks for tuning in. He is asking, AJ, when will you come back to Ukraine? And there is a real rocket launching <laughs> right from <on> that comment. <laughs> so is there, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that travel plans right now sound like some kind of surreal thing from the past or something very futuristic. Who knows when we're gonna be traveling again? Uh, but if there are any, if we imagine that eventually this is going to be available for us, uh, do you have any thoughts of coming back ever and checking it out?
1: Oh, absolutely. I love the country. So I actually went back for the first time since I had been back from my, my mission. I actually went back fall before last. And it, it was so crazy because really the civil war had happened between then. So yeah. uh, when I came, all of the, the streets had been renamed from Russian streets to, to Ukrainian. Everything that used to be in Russian was in Ukrainian. And and so I I got there practicing it all back, and then oh I went. God. Oh, no one understands me. No one will speak to me in the language that I know. Uh, so many people were, were kind and did speak to me in Russian, but I had one tour guide especially who said, "Nope, I we are Ukrainians. I speak Ukrainian." And so I took the whole tour in you know understanding yeah. every third word. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I totally hear you. And I respect that. I mean, being, you know, growing up in Russia, of course, Russian is my native language. But whenever I go to Ukraine, I try my best to speak Ukrainian. Because first of all, I'm fascinated with it. It's such a beautiful language. When you speak Russian, uh, the differences are so interesting. And like, I listen to this nonsense. and Like, okay, so that, that makes sense. Like, we would never say it like that in Russian. But I understand why like where where the root of this word is coming from and this is beautiful so i definitely enjoyed that but our office in kiev has um a lot of great stories about me messing up ukrainian words to the point when everyone was under the table and being like no please don't say that ever again this is not what it means at all and like don't use it in that context it's just it's just uh, funny or or wrong (laughs) one of the two um so so yeah definitely definitely had my fair share um, of that so, so I am trying to keep these um, lives relatively short. So, I'm trying to make them uh, last between thirty and forty five minutes, um, depending on how many comments we have, how many questions we have to go through, and of course, um, you know how much fun we're having. Obviously, here we are <laughs> really having a great conversation. So. Is there any, so for for, for you, IJ what would be, if, if you had to give just one advice for people who are uh, very experienced streamers, who do a lot of content, who produce a lot of lives, but they are still new to LinkedIn either before, because they were not approved yet, they just got approved and they're just about like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I have I have all the, the things, right? Like I got the gear, I know what I'm doing, I'm ready to start. What would be one thing that you would say, hey, um, make sure you do this or make sure you don't do this?
1: I'll kind of cheat and do two. Number one is kind of what I mentioned before. Make yeah. sure that you're using a LinkedIn event when yeah. you go live. That way you'll just have better ch- a better chance to get people aware that you're doing something so that they can join and you'll have a, a larger audience. But then with the actual content, uh, I would say just find something actually unique and, and interesting and valuable to, to stream or to include in your stream. Maybe it's an interesting segment. Maybe it's an interesting viewpoint or, uh, or, or something, but realize that LinkedIn is a very professional type of platform, but we're all people who, who enjoy consuming good entertainment. So yeah. don't go on in your suit and tie thinking, you know, I have to be really straight laced and stuffy here. Yeah. Find something that's going to be unique that will give people relief from, from their work life. And I think you'll stand out. I think it'll be really appreciated it on the platform.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Speaking of that, actually, uh, that just came out to my mind. It's not a prepared question. Actually, none of those are um, technically, (laughs) because this is all very, very kind of like natural flowing type situation. So, I was curious, what is your prediction um, about how quickly LinkedIn life is going to become very saturated and easy place? You know, think about, you know, early days of Instagram, when uh, it was kind of unique to be on Instagram and to put those pictures, they were so easy to stand out because no one was there. And now, of course, you go and the content is overwhelming there's so much going on there so now linkedin people who are approved and who are able to go live they're kind of that special privileged group right like also like people who already have corona and they don't you know they can <laughs> go places and like travel and go to the bar and now they're fine uh that kind of thing so what is your prediction like when is that going to go away um when how, how much time do we have people for just starting streaming right now and exploring and kind of being early adopters of, of this opportunity here on LinkedIn uh, before there is a big wave of people, all kinds of old backgrounds and talents who would just kind of, you know, take over LinkedIn and uh, what, what, what is your prediction?
1: Oh, great question. So I actually had the head of LinkedIn's company pages on my podcast for an interview. And what was so interesting is she told me, and this wasn't actually in the episode, but she kind of told me offline that... Uh, LinkedIn will always be in beta. It will always be something you have to apply for, to apply for. So Facebook had a lot of issues when they just made live stream available to everyone. There were some people who streamed some terrible stuff and it it was a, it was a, a reputation management concern for them. Like, oh no, now we have to police this. LinkedIn didn't ever want to be in the news like that. So they said we're going to make it an application process, and that will never end. You will always have to apply for LinkedIn's live platform, and what that does is it, it keeps it being a little bit exclusive uh, for longer. Which means I think it will be a special thing for longer. That being said, as soon as the COVID crisis hit, LinkedIn saw an opportunity and said, oh, so you know communication is so important right now for everyone. We need to make our platform more accessible to more people." So it went from like a four-month approval process to a one-week approval process. And right now, any one of you who's listening, if you want to apply for LinkedIn Live, um, you'll probably get approved within a, a week, as long as you have at least 1,000 followers or, or connections and you've done some kind of video before. That's all it takes for them right now to approve you. So maybe with that onslaught of all of these new users, maybe it, it will kind of dilute the, the specialness of it but I I don't think so. I think it's probably still gonna be special for quite a while longer.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, LinkedIn has a lot more uh, at stake when it comes to reputation and stuff like that, right? Like imagine, I can imagine how difficult it is for people who review those applications to make those decisions um, who who they want to allow and who they don't want because mistake is pretty expensive. for, for their reputation for the whole community of LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn wants to keep it professional. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. But yet it's I hundred percent agree with you that it doesn't need to not be entertaining because professional doesn't equal, like you said, you know, the suit and like talking about serious things with a serious face. So I think it's um I think it's gonna be a very interesting niche to find for um, streamers who are not necessarily um all into like oh i i can bring you value with the content like i know things that are valuable i'm good at things that you want to be good at uh versus people who are um, just fun to watch or interesting to interact with or are great with their audience great with with all the things that linkedin is um or any live streaming has to offer aside from just content itself so what what is your take on that do you think linkedin entertainers is going to be a thing
1: I do think so, and, and I have some some data to back this up. One of I've run a lot of LinkedIn ads over the years, and you know it, we realize it's a professional network, so you you get right to the point, and you you're very straightforward, and you're very professional. And what we found out, out very early on is the best performing ad we've ever had was a comic, like like ah. the image itself was part of a comic strip. It wasn't a stock photo. It wasn't someone in a suit and tie. It was a comic. And what we learned is on a network where everyone is is trying to be ultra stuffy and professional, the people who stand out and are viewed positively are the ones who don't look like the rest. So don't be afraid to not look like the traditional LinkedIn crowd. You will stand out and standing out is always good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that approach. Yeah, because. Of course like if if you blend in, it's good to blend in sometimes, but um of course, there is a lot of value in um in doing things differently, and LinkedIn uh, has a very specific and very defined type of community, very defined culture, so it's very easy to to be respectful of that to acknowledge that and yet take a little twist right and take something um things to a slightly different level. Well, let me reintroduce you here one more time real quick before we wrap things up my guest today was AJ Wilcox. He is LinkedIn Ads expert and host of the LinkedIn ads show and founder of B2Linked.com. B2Linked, linked uh, You can find him on, um, on LinkedIn, of course. And um, if you have any questions about LinkedIn ads, he is he is the guy to talk to. And I really appreciate you, AJ, uh, coming into this very first episode, to coming to join us on this very first show. And, um, yeah, hopefully it's not going to be the last one when we see you around. And uh, Thank you, thank you so very much. And um, have a wonderful weekend.
1: Thanks so much for having me on here. oh wow spisma.
0: so good. That was so good. You almost have no accent. That's that's perfect. Oh,
1: that's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, for this little sampling, it was very good. So you keep doing that if you want it sound legit. <laughs> that is, Beautiful. It is awesome. Thank you, AJ. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um, let you go now, and I'm just gonna say um, a couple more thanks to our community for uh, for the future episodes. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a great
1: weekend, everyone.
0: All right, let me take care of this. Alright, so this was our first show, our first episode, Um, that was very interesting. Um, Just to remind you one more time, if you missed the beginning of the show, the idea of Friday Lives is we are trying to talk to different content creators from different backgrounds, um, and asking them to share their the stories of their lives. Right? How did they start live streaming? What were the challenges and difficulties that they faced? What were the revelations and aha moments that they realized while learning how to live stream and when, while becoming successful in that? We're gonna to talk to people from gamers to church pastors to fitness trainers, marketers, uh, politicians. Um, that is the idea to show you how diverse the live streaming world is and how diverse is our community. My name is Anya. If you have any any questions about the show, if you have any ideas or any comments for me, I'm happy to hear your feedback in comments or in direct message. Uh, well, thank you very much, everybody, again, for joining us today. And you have a wonderful rest of your Friday. Uh, hopefully, a very happy and enjoyable weekend. Bye.